Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. The book of Romans in the New Testament has caused more revivals than any other book in all of scripture. And it is a very powerful book. And this is a very powerful text. Romans chapter 1. Are you all there? You all have notes? Very good. Online in Costa Rica, all around the world potentially, in this great sanctuary here in Alaska. Let's read God's Word. Quite a few verses of Scripture. Romans 1. If you have to sit down, I understand. Then just stand up on the inside. We stand to honor God's Word. Romans 1, 18. Verse 18. Find that, please. We'll read through chapter 2, verse 12. Are you ready? Get set. New International Version, go. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the ungodliness and wickedness of the people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known by God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power, His divine nature has been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him, but their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal man or mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over. Everybody say, therefore. Therefore, God gave them over in the sinful desire of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged your truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the Creator who is forever praised. Amen. Verse 26. But of this God gave them over to shameful lust. Because of this God gave them over to shameful lust. Even their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. In the same way the men who also abandoned their natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed shameful acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their error. Furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a depraved mind or reprobate mind so that they do what ought not to be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossip, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do the very things but also approve of those who practice them. Are you all all right? All right, go to chapter 2. 
therefore, have no excuse. Listen closely. You have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else, for at whatever point you judge another, you are condemning yourself, because you will pass through the, the judgment who do the same things. Verse 2. Now we know that God's, ju God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth. What's it based on? Truth. So when you, a mere human being, pass judgment on them and yet do the same things, do you think you'll escape God's judgment? Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? But because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself for the day of God's wrath when his righteous judgment will be revealed. Verse 6, God will repay each person according to what he has done to those who by persistence in doing good seek glory, honor, and immortality. He will give eternal life. But to those who are self-seeking, who reject the truth, and follow evil. There will be wrath and anger. There will be trouble and distress for every human being who does evil, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. But glory, honor, peace for everyone who does good, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. For God does not show favoritism. Verse 12, final verse. All who sin apart from the law will also perish apart from the law. And all who sin under the law will be judged by the law. Oh, yeah. Let's go. Father, thank you for what you're going to do. I pray, give us living understanding. Oh, Lord, we humbly stand before you. And God, we need your grace, your love, and your mercy. Help me, Lord, to communicate truth. Help me to communicate with crystal clear clarity and destroy every argument, destroy every stronghold. Release your power here to those online, those that will listen at a later date. Holy Spirit, come and give us living understanding. And I pray and ask that the effects of this service would be far-reaching even to eternity. May we never be the same. I bind, gag, and muzzle every assignment of hell, every demon from manifesting, and I pray today a day of truth and deliverance in the name of Jesus. Can you say amen? amen. All right, bump your neighbor, high-five somebody, do something and say, ho, 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 brace yourself. And you may be seated. A number of years ago, I was given... A CDs, that's when we gave you all download stuff, now MP3s. But the Vensons gave me an all-time favorite CD of mine, now an MP3, from Donnie McClurkin. You all remember that in Kauai? They, they, they gave me this CD, and it was Donnie McClurkin. How many of you heard of Donnie McClurkin? And it was these gospel hymns. I, I wore that thing out. And those, it was a two-volume two CD of, of gospel hymns for Donnie McClurkin. Some of you don't know Donnie McClurkin's testimony. He's still alive and still going for it. He was bound by homosexuality and got set free. 
and most people didn't, don't know his whole testimony. He was invited years ago, I think the year was 2013, to go to Washington, D.C. and lead a concert with these, for this you know, very uh, esteemed group of people. And he got uninvited when they found out about his stance. And there was 20 people. How many? 20 people that raised their voices and caused Donnie McClurkin to be uninvited because of his stance. I heard recently a civil rights leader, a black civil rights leader say this, homosexuality and same-sex attraction has hijacked the civil rights movement. And I would say absolutely true because there is no homosexual gene. And listen, all sin is bad. I'm gonna get into it today. I've waited to preach this message for years. And in actual fact, it took me to pray and fast and get really touched by the fire of the Holy Spirit myself and to be able to put it together. I just believe that God's got a timing. I believe that God's got a timing in things. The church, a victorious church, is a church that's going to tell the truth. Come on, somebody say, tell the truth. We've been preaching a series called The Victorious Church. And uh, I, I did this in the first service. I just feel like doing it again. Come on, my paper Bible just, my, my phone just can't take the place of my, my, my paper Bible. As a result of today's message, and I'm, 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 I believe I'm writing the notes, it's, as a result of today's message, I may, we may be discriminated against or canceled. However, the church and its pastor must tell the truth. And so before you, I solemnly swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help me God. And that really is my, come on, put your hands together for Jesus. The truth exists. Everybody say truth exists. Now, I don't know, maybe, maybe you've studied Hegelian diet dialectics about thesis, antithesis, and, uh, and uh, truth about how it's, it's, it's not, it doesn't really exist. Well, as a Christian, we believe that truth exists. And it's not your truth and my truth, and we all have separate truths. We believe in absolute truth. And Jesus talked about that. Come on, someone say truth exists. He would, he would say things like, concerning himself, I, I tell you the truth. So Jesus said some very significant things concerning truth and himself, right there, number one. This phrase that he says over and over, I tell you the truth. I tell you the truth. I mean, it's in there dozens and dozens of times where Jesus has said, I tell you the truth. And then he would go on to tell him the truth. Jesus is the truth. Would you say that with me? Jesus is the truth. In John 18, 37, let me read this to you. A lot of scripture today. Truth today, just as in every time I preach and just as in every time a guest comes and preaches here, it's not from the Encyclopedia Britannica, it's from the Word of God. His Word is truth. Jesus is truth. Say it again. Jesus is truth. This scripture in John 18 and verse 37 is so profound because he's before Pilate. And Pilate's questioning him, are you the king of the Jews? And he's talking to him. And here's what Jesus says. Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born is to come into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. In other words, the people that are not on the side of truth do not listen. And verse 38, Pilate says this, what is truth? 
There he is. He not, not only is speaking truth to Pilate, he is truth personified standing before Pilate. Profound. What is truth? And I think Jesus might have smiled. In John 1 and 14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory. The only one, the only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. Jesus is truth. You can go to John 14, 6. He declares over, the word of God declares over and over that God is truth. Jesus is God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the three-in-one God. Anybody that destroys that, that's a Christian cult. Jesus declared himself to be truth. But not only that, Jesus said God's word is truth. I want you to say that God's word is truth. In John 17, 17, he says, Sanctify, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. We're made holy by the truth. We're sanctified by the truth. If there was no truth, there'd be no holiness. There's no truth, there'd, no, there'd be no salvation. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and, and the life. Whoa, that's intense, Pastor. God's word is twofold here. The scriptures, the written word is truth, but not just the written word, the living word. Jesus is the living word. Both of them are truth. In Hebrews 1 and verse 1 and 2 talks about God speaking through his son being truth. God sent his son to manifest and show truth and to speak truth. Jesus said this in John 8. Turn there if you can. John 8 verse 31. To the Jews who believed in him, Jesus said, if, I, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Verse 32. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So literally what he's saying is if you don't know the truth, you're going to be bound. And I will say this, even in this church right now, even under the sound of my voice, there are those who are here who you believe some of the truth, but you don't accept this other part because you're cherry picking out of God's word. And I will tell you right now, unless you embrace the full orb truth of God's word, you will be bound in whatever area you believe a lie in. And we call that a, we call that a stronghold. See, so many things think that, oh, no, I, no, not there. Oh, that's okay. God knows my heart. Yes, yes, he does. It's black. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You think about the United States. The United States is a phenomenal country. Oh, we have all kinds of problems, and we're plunging into great darkness. There's no doubt about that. But the reason the United States is so blessed, and honestly, we had just returned from Europe, from Italy, and just returned from our trip to Israel. United States is a blip on the screen. It's just a couple hundred years old. The United States is a very young country. And our country was formed by founding fathers. And those founding fathers, though, though of course, mortal and sinful, and they didn't have it all right, what they did have right is they had a clear understanding that God released truth through his word. And they founded this nation on the truth of God's word. The fact is, democracy, the republic, it doesn't work without the truth of God's word. It all unravels and falls apart. When you study the speech and the writing of our founding fathers, you will find that more than three quarters of their speech and writing is scripture. They, they came up with things that are, 
like then God has given certain inalienable rights, the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That comes right out of Scripture. And the reason we have such a blessed country, and, and we are spiraling out of control, but the reason we have such a blessed country is because the truth of God's word was a standard that could not be compromised. It was set. It wasn't any discussion about it. Oh, but now they've kicked God out of the, kicked God out of the center court and, and removed the word of God from being true. And then it's, it's just another religion. I'm going to tell you that Christianity is not just another religion, nor is Judaism. There is a standard. There's right and there's wrong. If you look at what happened in the United States of America at our American Revolution, they, they, would, they had flags that, that flown and sayings that said, no king but King Jesus. No king but King Jesus. They had outpourings of revivals through men like Jonathan Edwards and different ones. They had a, they had a great revival in the eastern seaboard. God poured out salvation, people saved. I mean, amazing. They, would, they didn't have, we got this great microphone system and all of that. They had none of that. And thousands of people would get, th thousands. This is history in the United States. Thousands of people would gather to hear these preachers preach. And they would ride horses. They'd wear, any, anybody like horses? They would wear out a saddle in three months. You know what you got to do to wear out a saddle in three months? I mean, you're on that thing, you're riding, they go to the next place and the next place and the next. They were driven by truth. They believed in heaven, they believed in hell, they believed in Jesus Christ, crucified for their sin, and everybody's, everybody's got to know. It drove them. That's the foundation of our country, and that's why our Constitution is written the way it is. That's why we have laws, in effect, the way they are. But how many of you know that's changed? And if you would compare France, they had similar ideas like libertas, liberty. France had the same idea, same time period, had the French Revolution, American Revolution, the French Revolution, two revolutions in two countries, very different. In the French Revolution, their God was reason. The problem with that is that someone might think something is reasonable and then someone else might think that's unreasonable. And if you make man the measure of things and what's called sociological law. Am I yelling? Sociological law. I just feel I'm, 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 I'm fired up today. Sociological law. Then that, that, that brings destruction and that's called the reign of terror. How many of you know a little bit about history? A guillotine was invented. And all kinds, of, all kinds of people were slaughtered. You think about Germany. Let's just get a little bit closer to home. Germany somehow lost our way with truth, even though it was a place of great reformation. And Hitler comes to, comes to power on one vote. How many votes? On one vote, Hitler comes to power. And when he comes to power, he defiles a whole country and he changes truth. He gets people, not, not everybody, but enough. 20 people. I said that humorously because that's kind of how it is today. This minority screams so loud that everybody gets afraid. I'm not afraid. And you shouldn't be either. Truth is truth. A lie is a lie. You got to stand. You got to tell the truth. Come on, somebody say, tell the truth. Come on, say it like you mean it. Tell the truth. And so he comes to power. He, can, he convinces enough people that Jews are useless eaters. This is his language. 
and they slaughter six million Jews. And it's not even talked about how many millions of gypsies they slaughter. It's not even talked about. He said, well, that can never happen here. I don't know that we'll be allowed to be on Facebook and YouTube after this. And frankly, I could give a rip. Because if pastors and leaders and people would grow a spine, that's not very nice. Forgive me, Lord. It can be, listen, you can take shots for standing up. Somebody tried to run me over because we fought against cannabis being sold inside the city. Screaming curses at me as they almost ran me over with the truck because we stood against that. Well, they missed. And then it will miss again and again and again. God's in control of my life. There's not one pot smoker or one devil. There's I'm not saying that pot smokers are devils, but they do have them. I'm not, I'm going to tell you, the devil can't take me out before my time. I'm in the hand of God. I'm going to stay there. Come on, somebody say, I'm going to stay there. Come on, say, tell the truth. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. Thank God Hitler, he scrambled the whole world. But thank God for a praying people. There's all kinds of testimonies of prayer. And thank God that people stood and turned things around. But 40 years ago, the counterculture movement came. And some of you were raised, I would say most of you here, you lived through that if you're here. My mother, my blessed mother, here this morning, 84 years old. You lived through all of that, born before it, born in the 50s, and lived through the 60s. And there was a whole overthrowing of authority. And just, a, just mayhem was just pumped into our country. And you, all of a sudden, you have this hippie movement and this free love movement. It wasn't love and it wasn't free. And it brought great, great destruction. What we're living in today, let me tell you, what we're living in today is the harvest of that. You know what terrifies me? What we have right now, the harvest of that, what will that be where, where they have preschoolers able to, I'm preaching today, preschoolers able to pick their gender. What kind of brokenness? How sad is that? How sad is that? And it's brought this defilement. It's unleashed the hordes of hell on our nation. Oh, but there's a church. Who's going to tell the truth? Come on, say, tell the truth. Come on, somebody say, sad. That's it. Let's look at this text. That's a foundation for it. Key word in verse 18, as we preach from God's holy word. God's wrath is revealed against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. You see, what happens is when you begin to sin, it, it causes a suppression. It releases a suppression from the enemy on you. It opens a door. It's very cold outside, is it not? I think it's below zero. If, if sin was opening the door to allow for a suppression and a release of darkness, then it would be like letting the cold into a warm room. If we left this open for any length of time, I promise you those on the front row are start putting on their jackets. They're starting to think about it now. Other people that are having hot flashes will be really happy about it. Come on, somebody. That's a picture. Gosh, that felt good. That's a picture. If it gets too warm in here, gentlemen, just crack those doors, please. It might be there now. That's a picture of what sin does. It suppresses truth, says the text. When you begin to do evil, when you begin to sin, 
then evil begins to get multiplied in your life. And you see this in the text. When wickedness becomes normal, truth is suppressed. They exchange, right back in your notes, they exchange the truth of God for a lie. And Paul picks this up in, in, this, in the next chapter, which we read. This is chapter 2 now, Romans 2, verse 8. But for those who are self-seeking and, and who reject the truth, follow evil. There'll be wrath and anger. There'll be trouble and distress for every, every human being who does evil, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. God, is not, God doesn't show favoritism. Come on, he doesn't show favoritism. So he can point the finger at a same-sex marriage person or somebody's going through a struggling with transgenderism or struggling with these different things, and you can point the finger when the truth is it's just sin. So you're committing adultery, and you think that they're worse than you. They are not. It's all sin. Come on, somebody say amen. You were like, you're shacked up with, you're all shacked up, and you think you're all good because at least I don't do that. You know what I'm saying? I don't, no, you're deceived. He, he doesn't say, you know, now it does say that sexual sin is worse than every other kind of sin. They exchange the truth of God for a lie. And the end result, now this is intense. The end result of the rejection of truth is sexual impurity. It is not by accident that what's happened now, the counterculture movement 40 years, we're seeing a harvest of the counterculture movement. And I'm gonna tell you that in the next 40 years, if we don't have a great awakening, if we don't have a real revival, the next 40 years, America will be plunged, not only America, the world will be plunged into such darkness you can't even imagine. And it makes sense to me how the, all these things are being set up for the Antichrist. And oh, it's not really true, that's just your religion. As long as you believe, as long as you believe, no, it, that's, that's not what we believe. We don't believe as long as you believe. We believe in truth. And when you reject truth, what begins to happen is there's a spiraling down. There's a spiraling down into degradation and impurity. In fact, not just impurity, sexual impurity. What are you saying? I'm saying that if you continue to have that lying spirit on you, you're going to end up in sexual impurity. That, I'm, not, I'm not saying. It's not about my opinion. It's not about yours. It's about God's word. And God's word tells the truth. And when you sin and you allow that, it begins to spiral you down and soon you'll be living in sexual impurity of every kind. Somebody say, oh God, help us. Come on, bump your neighbor and wake him up. If you're sleeping, it could very possibly be a spirit of slumber to get you to not hear what I'm saying so that you could be delivered. Demons are real. We're a Pentecostal church. We believe in demons. Somebody said, do you believe that there's a demon behind every bush? No. There's 25. <laughs> Come on, God is bigger and more than able. Can you say amen? amen? Listen to verse 24. Therefore, God gave them over to the sinful desires, their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading. It's because they rejected the truth. When you reject the truth, it brings you to deception, brings you to sexual impurity. Everything? Everything. That's why there's such a drive, a, such a drive for the rights for same-sex marriage. This is considered hate speech. I do not know the results of what will happen from this service. I, I don't care. 
on the negative side. On the positive side, it's my hope that you get free. And I hope that you share this with everyone that struggles because you know what? No matter what you've struggled with, you can be set free. God can set you free. God can deliver you. God can set you free from every yoke, every, every bondage. Come on, lift your hands to heaven and say amen. Man, we ought to fast more often. Verse 29, filled with every kind of wickedness, greed, depravity. They're full of envy, murder, strife, my goodness. When truth is rejected, there's a release of a horrible, heinous evil on your life. And when that begins to be propagated through a group of people, through a culture, then that evil intensifies and gets bigger and broader. Truth is found in God's word. And in the end, let me just tell you, in the end, his word will remain. Heaven and earth will pass away and all these ambiguous lies and opinions will fade and his word will be there. Where will you be? I want to stand on the side of truth. What is the truth about human sexuality? <laughs> in Genesis 1 through 3, chapter 1 through 3, he says this in verse 26, Genesis chapter 1. Genesis 1 through 3 outlines and shows us human, human sexuality. But in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26, it says this. Let us make man in our image. In our what? Our image. Pastor Karen and I just finished a class in the last semester or so about the image of God and man. It is a profound study. And what the enemy is trying to do is to destroy the image of God and man. He's tried through abortion and will continue to try. And he'll try to do it through mutilation and gender changes and all kinds. Every cell in your body, every cell in your body says either man or woman. There is no, no, just because, and they have pushed to destroy a whole race of people, a whole group of people. Can you believe that in elementary school, this is happening. And, and, and I know for a fact they're fighting it every session in Alaska to keep it out of our state. But it's already invaded. That demon thing has already invaded California and many other states. They have teaching gender. You can pick your gender in elementary school. Now, we don't even allow people to... Some people that are old enough to drive shouldn't be driving. But we don't allow people to drive that are... Ten-year-olds are not allowed to drive. Okay, farm equipment, okay. But I'm just saying, you can't drive on these roads. That's the law. Why? They don't have judgment. They don't have the right. I've seen 18-year-olds that are very dangerous behind the wheel. They're judgment. They haven't, they haven't experienced it yet. You, you can't get married when you're 10, 11, and 12. Why? It's against the law. Why? Because you can't make sound decisions. Oh, but you can make a decision about whether you're a man or a woman? Who in God's name has come up with that? Somebody that needs to be removed from office. And I'll tell you the reason, the reason that's happening is because there's 20 people that are shouting and yelling, oh, it's, it's, it's a gene thing. It's come in their genes. They're really a woman, but they don't. Give me a break. Let's all worship God for a moment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lift your hands to Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 I wish I could tell you it's going to get easier, but it isn't. I'm going deeper. I am not, I am not against 
I am not against those who are bound by homosexuality. I am not against a drug addict who's bound by drugs. I am not against the adulterer. I am not against a fornicator, which is what you do, sex outside of marriage. I'm not against those things. I mean, I'm, I'm against the sin. I'm not against the people. They're people. I used to be so bound and God set me free. What the reason we're here, and I'm gonna tell you the reason there is exponential growth. Somebody said, how are you guys doing what you're doing? Because we're preaching truth and people want to hear it. People want to hear the truth. They don't want to hear some mashup opinion that's got no power. Am I yelling again? Come on, smile at me. I really don't care if I cut the church in half today that you heard something you don't like. You go talk to God about it. I'd rather have you hear the truth and have the, the opportunity to be set free. And I said opportunity. There is reparative therapy. There is help for you. If you struggle with same-sex attraction and you've been hurting and broken under that and you've been made fun of or shamed, I release you from that and I invite you to be set free. He'll set you free. God is not a respecter of persons. He can set you free just like he set the drug addict free. He can heal you just like he, like he heals cancer. He can set you free. Man, I feel the fire of the Holy Ghost. Ah, hallelujah. Okay. Okay. Whoa. Genesis 1 through 3, those chapters. Genesis 1, 26. He let us make man in our image. Well, God is a triune God. He's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So what's interesting is that man is made in his image. The whale is not made in the image of God. Turtles are not made in the image of God. You are. I am. So he said, no, we came from apes. There is no fossil record. You might act like an ape, but there's no fossil record. There's no record to show. I mean, it's this insane jump of faith to say that we came from primates. You're a human being made in the image of God. And he goes on to say, male and female, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Why would God do that? Because there's organisms that can just multiply themselves. Why wouldn't, why wouldn't God just have us just multiply on our own? Why does there need to be a male? Why does there need to be a female? It's because even as God is three in one, there's a plurality and an expression in man that man is made in the image of God, but woman is made in the image of God, and it's only together, really, that they're a full expression. And then he says to be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. Male and female, they represented, right in your notes, the majesty and dominion of God in the world. It's profound. It's God created marriage. God created marriage. Wow. I used to think that, I had some poor information somewhere. It was in Molokai when I was preaching about God creating man. And then God takes a rib from man and he makes woman. And I was preaching and we had a physician, Dr. Langer, who got gloriously saved so many years ago. He's going on to be with the Lord now. 
had a physician and I said, and so that's why man has one less ribs and one less rib than woman. Isn't that right, doctor? He's like, no. I'm like, well, whatever. Amen. I don't know, doctors, sometimes they do that to me. We want to tr tell the truth. Come on, somebody say, tell the truth. No, the picture is, is that, that God created man and, and man named all of creation and it's just amazing. And then he created woman. He takes a rib out. It's a, he didn't need creative material. He took a rib out and he made woman. So he takes a rib out and when Adam wakes up, I'm just gonna tell you, this is how it is. Because we read through this, this is now bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. When he wakes up, he's like, oh, I love you, Lord, and I live my voice to. Wow! That's no elephant, that's no zebra, that, that, that's no rat, that, wow! And he's like, dang! Snap! This is now bone of my bone. This is now flesh. Hey! Hey! Let me take a look at you right now. Woo! That's the picture. That's the picture. The picture is that man in and of himself is not the full expression of, of God. The full expression is man and Woman, mm, yeah, 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 yeah. Ah, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Come on, somebody, man and woman, Adam and Eve. And God created them. Look at, look at Genesis 2 and 24. This is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they became one flesh. That's a picture. I told you PG-13. It's a picture of intercourse. It's a picture of sex. Sex is created by God. You got like five people saying that's right. The rest of you are like looking for the door. Sex is created by God. There's a number of reasons for it. I didn't say this in the first service, but I'll say it in this one. One, unity. It's a picture of oneness. Two, pleasure. Somebody say hallelujah. Because if it was all painful and difficult and tormenting, you wouldn't have very many kids. Well, some of you have a lot of children. The third reason is to populate the earth. Now, I'm just gonna tell you, if everyone went same-sex marriage, you'd have no one in the earth. It's not God's plan. I said it's not God's plan. It's a perversion. Be fruitful and multiply. In Genesis 19, how many of you know the story of Sodom and Gomorrah? So let me just tell it briefly. Sodom and Gomorrah is a, is a place that was very perverse. And God sees what's happening and he sends angels down to destroy it. But before he goes and brings fire and brimstone, he talks with Abraham. And as Abraham is talking with him, Abraham intercedes on behalf of Lot. Y'all know who Lot was? 
Lot was the nephew of Abraham. They had so much blessing that they couldn't stay together, so Lot went his own way, chose the plains, well-watered. It looked good. It's now the Dead Sea. You can move according to what you see with your eyes, and it's going to end up dead. you got to walk by faith. So he, he goes to this place, and soon he's inside Sodom, which is filled with perversion. And so the angels come and, and talk to Abraham, and Abraham is a beautiful picture of intercession. Because Abraham knows that Lot's there, and so he says, for the sake of 50, I know it's a big city, I know they're wicked. For the sake of 50, will you spare the city? And the Lord says, for the sake of 50, I will. Okay, okay, uh, how about for the sake of 30? I mean, you can go read it. He goes all the way down. He, he, he bargains. It's Jewish bargaining. He bargains with him, and he says, how about 11? Sorry, I'm sorry I'm asking, but if there's 11, he figures 11 at least ought to cover Lot, his wife, his two daughters, and his family and friends. So he says, how about 11? For 11, I won't do it. But there's not 11 people there. They go. They discover the outcry is absolutely accurate. They go there. And they, they go to the gate, and there's, there's Lot. The gate is a place of leadership. You had to be, if you're a leader in that city, and Lot was, very prospered, very wealthy. And the angels come into the gate, and he's like, oh my gosh, this place is crazy. You need to come to my house. You need to come, come with me, come to my house. He knew they were divine beings. He brought them into his house, and the men of the city come around his house to have sex with the angels. Now, they didn't know there were angels because I don't think they would have done that, but that, that's bad. You, you bring perversion on God's holy angels or anybody else, I should say, you're going to end up in trouble. And what ends up happening is they're all struck with blindness. You know what's interesting if you look at that scripture? You look at that scripture and that the men of the city say to Abraham, oh, look at this guy. He's come to tell us what's right and wrong. Now, I'm paraphrasing, but it's close. Oh, who are, you to t who are you to tell me that I can't live the way that I want to live? Does that sound familiar? Hmm. They go to leave the city, but that one scripture where Lot goes to tell his sons-in-law that there's judgment coming on the city. And, he, and it's in the night, right? So he goes and he tells his sons-in-law, and his sons-in-law don't get up and go with him. The daughters do. The sons-in-law don't because they're unequally yoked. They thought that their father-in-law, they thought that Lot was joking. Can you imagine what a lack of discernment and how blind you'd have to be with somebody come and tell you, dude, there's some angels in my house. You're all going to get smoked. You better come with me right now. <laughs> That's funny, Lot. Get out of here, man. I'm sleeping. And they get, they get sizzled. Come on, go to, go to Leviticus chapter 18 and verse 22. Do not have sexual relations with a man as one does a woman. This is, it is, that is detestable. In Leviticus chapter 13, pardon me, Leviticus 20, verse 13, says this. If a man has sexual relations with a man as one does with a woman... Both of them have done what is detestable. They are to be put to death. Their blood will be on their own hands. The blood will be on their own heads. It's not about the death penalty. And I'm, not say, I'm certainly not saying that people that live that way or are up in that bondage should receive death. I am certainly not saying that. If you continue in that, death will be served later. No, what I am saying is that there was death penalty for adultery. There's death penalty for lots of things. It's not about that. What it is, is about that which is right. 
and that which is wrong. Judges 19, one of the most gruesome stories. This Levite has a concubine. They spend the night in Gibeah with the tribe of the Benjamites. Benjaminites. And they're there, and the, there's some perversion there in the city, and some Benjamites surround the house. It's just like, it's exactly like Sodom and Gomorrah, except there's not angels. The angels took care of them, but in this case, they try to rape this Levite. It's, it's a horrible story. And what ends up happening is they take the concubine instead and ravage her all night and she dies. And then judgment is coming upon Israel and this Levite tells all the tribes. He, he, he gets word out to all the tribes, we need to do something because there's sin. So all the tribes gather and they talk to the Lord. And the Lord's like, go, I've given you victory. And they say to the Benjamites, you need to give us the men that did that because they need to die. And they said, no, 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 you don't, you don't get them. They're my friends. So judgment comes on that tribe of the Benjamites. And so it was fascinating to me. So they protect, they protect the wicked. They might not have even been there, but they protected them. And what happens is, is that they charge, they fast, they pray, they get direction, they go, and they lose thousands in the first run. They come back, they're like, Lord, weren't we even hearing from you? He says, go and fight against it and purge the sin from Israel. They fight again. I think they lose a total of, uh, the fight again. They lose the next battle, and they come back to the Lord like, I thought you said, I thought you said fight. He said, go again. On the third time, I think they lose 22,000. Now I'm paraphrasing, so you go look it up yourself. Judges 19. They, they kill and lose, I think, 22,000 Israelites who are standing for righteousness are killed. But on the third time, God gave them victory and they were able to cleanse the sin from Israel. Well, why is that so hard? Because when there's an endorsement of evil, listen to me, listen close. Evil just doesn't roll over and push over because you showed up and said the name of Jesus. There are many times of fight. That's why our building's such a fight. Some of you don't understand it. Well, we should be done. Oh, yeah, right. Okay, good. Go try it. Give it a shot. Let me know how it goes. Try to go build a church. You can build a bank and put it up in six months. You can build a, an office complex and put it up in a year. Resources and provision and everything we needed, and it's taken seven and a half. You know why? Because there are forces of darkness that's been put on display to powers and principalities that want to keep us from reaching the harvest. That is what it's all about. It's about souls. That's what it's about in the U.S. and every other nation. When there's an endorsement of evil, it releases an empowerment from hell. Some of you play with things that you should never be playing with. And usually, if that's taking place and you're in this, in this house right now, online right now, you want me to shut up. But I've got news for you. I'm going to be louder. And I'm going to say, you know why? Because your life matters. Your life matters. When there's an endorsement of evil, you have to just pray. You have to fast. That's what we're doing now. All right, go to another scripture. 1 Corinthians 6. i got to hurry up. 1 Corinthians 6, I'm going to read from the New King James. Do you not know, verse 9, 1 Corinthians 6, 9, you all there say, woo! 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Looking at my clock, which is 11 minutes over. Oh, well. Do you not know that the unrighteous, the wicked, will not inherit the kingdom of God. 
Do not be deceived. Everybody said, don't be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites. There's two different words here. The Greek words, malakoi is the first one. It's, it's, it's um, passive homosexuality. And I'm not going to define that. There's active sodomites, active homosexuality. It's two different Greek words. Nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor pot smokers. I just get real, I, I take four or five bong loads before I go to bed, and it helps me sleep, Pastor. I am far better than the, the person who's a transgender and active homosexuality. No, you're not. No, you're not. Now, sexual sin is worse than outward sin because it's a sin that takes place on the inside of your body. It actually takes place in your spirit. You know, they've found that when people live a licentious lifestyle, from the day that they begin to do that, people that are promiscuous, they begin to, from the day they begin to do that, that their emotions are frozen. This is psychological truth. It's not, I'm not even talking about Bible. I'm saying psychologically, they've shown that people are frozen their emotions from the time they began to be sexually active until they're set free or healed or delivered. And they've also found with people that have multiple personality disorder, many times they've been with a lot of people. You're freaking me out. I hope so. Well, what do I do if I've had that kind of a life? You break all those ties. You break it all in prayer. You, 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 you get prayer. You can get counseling. You prayerfully just give all of that back. You, you, renounce, you repent, you renounce, Lord, forgive me. I, 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 I reject what I took from that person, and I take back what was taken from me. I cut every tie, I cut every cord. I call myself healed and whole. I break that soul tie, I break that spirit tie in Jesus' name. And you might have to do that through the 30 people that you've been with. 1 Timothy 1.10 <laughs> as my notes go blank. I've got it in my heart, you knucklehead. <laughs> I love that. We must be on his last nerve this morning, this evening, this afternoon. And they're back, praise God. What point are we on? First Timothy 1.10. Somebody should go tell the children's department we're going to go to 1.30. I'm just ki I'm kidding. So appreciate those guys. First Timothy 1.10. For the sexually immoral, those practicing homosexuality for slave traders. Slave traders go to hell. Unrepented ones. And liars and perjurers for whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine. It's talking about judgment that's going to come. Sound doctrine. Truth. Anything that's contrary to truth is going to get dealt with. Jude chapter 1, well, there's only one chapter, verse 7. In the same way, Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding, this is the New Testament people. Sodom and Gomorrah, the surrounding towns, gave themselves up to sexual immorality and perversion. Serve as an example. They serve as an example. They serve as an example of those who will suffer the same punishment of eternal fire. He's defining the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah. And if you're involved in sexual sin, 
I'm not even talking about homosexuality. I'm saying sexual sin across the board. You're, you cannot say that heaven will be your home. And if you don't like me for it, I'm really not here to pitch you, pat you on the back and make you feel good. I'm here to tell you the truth. All right, what's God saying to us? Keys, please. Worship team, please. As a victorious church, you must tell the truth about sexual behavior. And sexual behavior outside of marriage between a man and a woman is sin, and God's going to judge it. And he's going to judge adultery and homosexuality and bestiality and everything else. He's impartial. He's, he doesn't show favoritism. Everybody, unrepentant. He said, this is not a popular message. That's why we have the problem. That's why it's invaded our country. God's intention for marriage is between one man and one woman. Everybody say that. God's intention for marriage is one man and one woman. Flee sexual immorality. Everybody say flee. What does that mean? It means run. Now, when I was newly saved, I got a job. I got a car. Somebody in the church helped me. You got to give a car. 1969 Pontiac Le That thing was bad. Had tons of power. Big block V8 in it. And I got a job at the Grand Hyatt Wailea, which is one of the most magnificent hotels in all of Hawaii. It's so beautiful. It's like, it's like the Garden of Eden. I mean, it's gorgeous. And I went through all of this training and I got a job as a waiter in a five-star restaurant at the Grand Hyatt Wailea. And I'm working and things are going good. I'm making money and I'm tithing and God's blessing me. And there was December 31st rolls around, New Year's. And all of a sudden, it's like all of this incredible amount of sin begins to happen behind in the restaurant. Back behind the kitchen and in, and in different places, people start doing drugs. And there was this, I mean, who's who? is there. I mean, famous people. The place is just, it's packed. Tons of money. All of that. And I'm waiting on tables and the atmosphere shifts. I can feel it shift. And it's just before, it's just before New Year's. And there was this waitress who I worked with who was really fine. Not nearly as fine as my wife, but I had a hook in the jaw a little bit. Does anybody know what I'm saying right now. Okay, so there I am, a believer, a new believer. I'm like, I mean, I was lusting big time. And then all of, this, all of these temptations and all of these things and old life starts coming out. And soon I get invited to go in the back, you know, with her and all that. Sorry to be so graphic. I'm just trying to tell you what flee means. I'm standing in the bus... And then she's like, you know, come on. Hey. Come here. I'm like, yeah, okay, hold on a second. Yeah. And I'm standing there and I'm like, Lord, I'm a backslide to hell right now. I'm not going to make it. I'm gone. I'm lost. I'm defeated here, Jesus. Oh, God. And I know I'm going to fail. And the Lord spoke to me so clear. He said, Run. I said, run! Ah! I ran with everything that I had. I sprinted through the dining room, 
I hauled off into the kitchen. I ran through the kitchen, grabbed my backpack. They're like, Daniel's like, ran through across the grounds over into my car. Thank God it started. Got in my 1969 Pontiac put my foot to the floor and, and four wheel drifted through every turn in Wailea. Some of you know what I'm talking about. By the time I got to my house in Kihei, I came sliding up into the parking lot, half my car in the lawn, which I ruined. I got out of my car, boom. Yeah. Yes! That's what it means to flee. Some of you got to cut off some relationships. Some of you got to run. Come on, someone say flee. Woo! I'm going to fall out right now. Turn to 1 Corinthians 6, everybody. Oh. Oh. As a church, we must tell the truth. We must speak the truth. First Corinthians 6, are you there? Okay, good. I'm going to get a drink of water. Let's close this thing. On somebody say thank you, Lord. Okay. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> First Corinthians six. He's he's just finished this litany. This litany of all the things that'll happen. You know, it's uh. Do you not know? Verse nine. Wicked won't inherit the kingdom of God. He 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 goes through this list. Don't be deceived, no fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, homosexuals, sodomites, thieves, covetous. I mean, he basically wipes out the whole church. Drunkards. It's intoxication is the issue. So you say it was alcohol, drunkard, smoking weeds, not getting drunk. It's intoxication. Revelers, extortioners in this PG-13 message will not inherit the kingdom of God. Are you all there in verse 11? And such, <laughs> and such were some of you. I love what Pastor Phil, who's going on to be with the Lord, he would say this. Look at this, prostitutes. We, in our church, we had prostitutes. We had former pimps. We got drug addicts. We got, we got extortioners and people. I mean, just there's all those kinds of people in the church. And those are all the staff. And that's what some of you were. But you were washed. Oh, you were sanctified. You were justified. In the name of the Lord Jesus, by the Spirit of God, you were washed. You were sanctified. You were just, hey, you were washed. You were justified by the Spirit of God. You don't have to be bound. You can be free. Come on. If you're
today. One word is from you. Things change by your authority. You gotta speak the truth in love. You gotta speak the truth in love. Sometimes I, I don't do so good at that. Sometimes. Please hear me as I close my third closing. We love people here, but we must tell you the truth that if you continue in that lifestyle, you will be destroyed. And I refuse to have your blood on my hands, but I also want you to know that we will love you, we will help you, and there is counseling, and there is deliverance, and there is freedom. Whether you're addicted to pornography, whether you're addicted to, to uh, marahuchi, cannabis, whether you're, whether you're got a problem with alcohol, or whether you're just a compulsive liar, a gambler, maybe you have an anger problem. Well, welcome to the human race, people. That's what some of us were. But we've been justified. We've been, we've been sanctified. We've been justified by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't you let anybody point the finger at you and, and say anything about you. Don't, let, don't, be, don't be defined by this world. There is no gay gene. There is none. It's a lie. Book, I didn't share this in first service. I'll share it now. Homosexuality and the politics of truth. Go read it. I dare you. Quite a work. Dr. Satinover, homosexuality, politics of truth. I love people. If you're a liar, I love you. If you're a homosexual, I love you. If you're a transgender, I love you. You can get set free from all of those things. And the, the Lord spoke to me and said, I am going to send you, oh, I'm gonna send you all kinds of people, so be ready for them. And when they walk in here, don't think of them as a they, because you did the same stinking things, but a different picture. You were just, yeah, you point at their homosexuality when you're a compulsive liar and an herb smoker. You stop it. Stop. Stop. You've been set free. God can set them free. Come on, somebody give a better amen than that. Don't get freaked out when you're sitting next to somebody who looks like a man, but they're dressed like a woman. Don't be freaked out by stuff like that. Stop. Here's what happened. That 40-year moment of... of uh, the counterculture movement in the 50s, 60s, 70s, that 40-year movement has produced what we have now. Listen closely, and I'm closing. Has produced the harvest of what we have now. What kind of harvest will this generation produce if it's not stopped, if it's not overturned? You haven't seen nothing yet. We will plunge into darkness that's beyond anybody's imagination unless, come on, somebody say unless unless there's a great revival final point gotta pray and that's what we're doing pray for god to bring a great revival pray for god to bring a great awakening that's why we built our building it's not an ego build it's it's too small i'm sorry i was there i'm thinking how 
said, Lord, is it too small? And you know what? I felt like the Lord just spoke to me. He said, no, it's not too small, son. Just do lots and lots of services. Just have a church that never closes. Just have service after service after service after service. Do as many as you can. I'll, I'll multiply all the worship leaders. I'll multiply all the worship teams. I'll multiply all the greeters and all the ushers and all the children's things. Just have a church that never closes. I said, I can't, I can't preach all those. You're not supposed to because I'm raising up preachers. I'm raising up teachers. I'm raising up those with apostolic anointing. I'm raising up prophets from this house. I'm raising up people who are equipped. Come on, that's what we're doing. That's why we do what we do. So that you can preach and you preach. You're going to preach. There's fire on you, kid. You're going to preach. You're going to preach. going to pray. You're going to prophesy. Did you get something today? Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to Kings Alaska podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to kcalaska.com and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace.